1: Welcome to the newest episode of the Lunch Pill Guys podcast. We only have four of us here today. Uh, Aiden, Jared, Lucas, and myself, Bart. We are down a man. Wyatt is out. Uh, But hopefully he's back sooner rather than later. As always, let's kick things off with a little bit of news that we will not be going into in detail. Uh, First off, in some WNBA news, Sabrina Inescu actually not only won the three-point contest, she set the record between both WNBA and NBA for best final round ever. She scored 37 points. She only missed two shots. So that's pretty cool.
2: I think she had 27 total shots and made 25 of them, which is somebody who's better at math than me can do the the mid 90 It wasn't shot 92.5% casually on threes, which is doing that even with no defenders is uh, otherworldly. Absolutely ridiculous. Yeah. (laughs) Yeah,
1: I, I think I saw that Steph had the previous record at 31 points. So, if you're a better shooter than Steph at anything. Anyways, impressive. yeah, that's pretty cool. Um, Wimbledon happened. Uh, we've got our winners. I have no idea if I'm going to say her name right, but Marqueta Mar- 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 uh, right from the Czech Republic is the women's winner. And Carlos Alcaraz of Spain is the men's winner. Any thoughts?
3: Yeah. Yeah exciting stuff vandrasova was unseated and i think like the first unseated wimbledon winner in like 50 or 60 years oh wow because she was playing oh, on that. kind of crazy. Jabir, who's like who had like a great tournament she played like a lot of the toughest players she beat sabalenka she beat Rybakina, like the number two and three seeds it seemed like it was finally her tournament to kind of win like that was the narrative and mm-hmm. then that yeah she just got pretty quickly got dismantled by von so i don't know how many,
2: many how many people do they see in wimbledon and
3: that's a good question it's, it's not in like general. that that many i feel like i feel like it's in the 20 like i feel like i don't okay. see numbers higher than like 20 or 30 um yeah, because somebody yeah.
2: only very casually will watch tennis occasionally. I feel like I'll start paying attention on, like, the quarterfinals. I'm like, okay, but yeah. how, I never really know how deep they are yeah, into it and how exactly. many people they seed and stuff like that. I
3: don't understand why they don't just seed them all, because they've all got, you know, it's a bracket, right? Like, Yeah. <laughs> it could easily work that way. Um, I feel like Vandrasova, though, she was... Um, i think she was recovering from injuries but she was in like the french open final a couple years ago she's not like a nobody kind of thing or just like had been she'd been off the radar for a bit
1: strong um, miami you know. heat energy you know coming yeah. as an yeah. eighth seed AKS exactly seeded, right like yeah you're bad, yeah then just then humbling all the yeah
3: <laughs> higher seeds. um but, but yeah and then alcaraz beating Djokovic was that was a very fun match to watch so yeah you Al- watched security. it Yeah, I recorded it, so I did not watch it at at 6 a.m. Pacific time. Um, But I was trying to avoid... I I finally, during the fourth set, it was like a five-hour match, and I saw a notification on my phone accidentally. I was trying really hard to avoid things, um, Mm -hmm. so it was spoiled for me um, in like three hours then. But anyway, Alcaraz got like really outplayed the first set, and it looked like it might be kind of quick. Like he was just like... Trying to like do too much, and then he really settled down, and it was a super good match after that. But...
2: He he's really young, right? He yeah, he's
3: twenty. He's... So. Oh man. He's the <laughs> next generation. It's it's coming. Yeah, he's literally like like Rafael Nadal, just you know reincarnated. They're like similar styles of players. They're both Spanish. Mm-hmm. I don't know. That's mm-hmm. that's where the similarities end. But <laughs> <feel like> it's... <laughs> it's funny that Rafa's kind of like. Just wrapping up his career right now, and then Alcott is mm-hmm. coming in.
1: Mm-hmm. Yeah, but he, he even himself was like, this is not the start of any new era yet. He wants to go beat Djokovic like, multiple more times before he thinks it's even relevant. I guess that's how tennis works.
3: Yeah, yeah. Djokovic uh, isn't done yet. I, yeah. feel like, I feel like Djokovic could be playing for forever. I don't know. He doesn't seem to get, or he hasn't seemed mm-hmm. to really get worse with age yet. So.
2: Djokovic also has the most Grand Slams of anybody ever now, right? He does,
3: I think, yeah. He's got, like, 23 or something. That doesn't feel real, either. Yeah. I feel like it would have have to be, like, Nadal or Federer. Exactly. Like, the fact that he's the one that emerged with the most. I feel like they all kind of cannibalized each other, though. It's funny. You know, Mm -hmm. like...
2: Yeah.
3: I don't know. And Djokovic has, like, stayed around. He was the youngest, right, of those guys. So he's... I feel Mm -hmm. like that's been kind of an advantage that he's gotten to stay past Federer and Nadal's kind of prime. But... Mm -hmm. Okay. Moving on. Uh,
1: In a sport that is significantly other uh, other end of the spectrum in terms of viewership in the states it's major league cricket uh it's a brand new league it just started up on the 13th so last week mm-hmm. anybody watch anything of major league cricket yet anybody going to <laughs> no <laughs> i didn't see I, I,
2: what f- is it? yeah oh go ahead
3: no yeah. I, I didn't see like an easy way to watch it when i looked it up it was mm-hmm. on some like random streaming service that i'd never heard of oh yeah.
1: I'll do you one better. I saw that there was a Seattle team. So I was like, Oh, I'm going to go get tickets. Yeah. The MLC tickets page. I don't know if this is a bug or if the developer like never finished, but it literally just says tickets works. Like there's a text blob right there that just says that there's no (laughs) way to actually buy tickets. So it's like, uh, what are you even supposed to do? It's clearly Like no one, no one's going to check this,
3: right? No one's (laughs) (laughs) going to want to buy
1: tickets. Yeah. And maybe they're free.
3: And I'm not even sure if you could, like, I don't think they're playing matches in Seattle. From what I read about it, they were just playing, or this, like, initial things, like, all in Dallas or something like that. Yeah, that's what I
2: think.
1: Song. Oh, I oh kind of like the,
2: uh, the US USFL well flag, dollar games in Birmingham. Yeah, yeah, I can yeah. Go yeah. when, when yeah.
1: Lucas goes to, wait, when who goes to the Cowboys game?
2: <laughs> <laughs>
1: no. Me, Lucas, and Wyatt.
0: <laughs> okay. yeah, and like, <laughs> two, two to three years. I think years. Me, Lucas and Wyatt's getting me a jersey or something, I don't know. <laughs> yeah, so we'll yeah. double
1: it up with Major League Cricket. <laughs> the Seattle Orcas, that's well, a
0: cool name, though. Yeah, that's a good
1: name. Yeah. except for it's terrible because when you google it it thinks you're talking about the public transportation
2: <laughs> <laughs> no, i'm I, I, speaking from experience yeah yeah willow tv i looked up is what it's streaming on yeah. i've never heard yeah, of what? that oh. there
3: are a few there's a few games on cbs sports network so it's oh, okay. something but yeah that oh, something. but I, I saw that um one of the investors was Satya Nadella part, the Microsoft CEO. Which mm-hmm. I thought was interesting. So they got some big money behind him. You know, we'll mm-hmm. see. Mm-hmm. Maybe yeah, be
1: we'll see. I mean, yeah. He's Indian, right? Mm-hmm. It just makes sense. Um, okay, moving right along. NFL news for you. Hard Knocks has decided on their team for the season, and it is the Jets.
0: Any thoughts? It'll be interesting. Yeah. I think Sauce, yeah. Sauce Gardner will probably be interesting. Uh and then obviously Aaron Rod Aaron Rodgers I feel like is gonna be very like guarded though. I don't think he's gonna really show that much to be honest.
3: Exactly. He's suspicious okay. of the media, I feel like.
0: So. Yeah. He- <laughs> like really There's apparently a story that himself. they were trying that's, that's the Jets true. were trying to like limit access or whatever. Yeah. And that like it doesn't really have that nobody wanted to be on it this year, basically. Mm-hmm. So
1: yeah oh, like they yeah. they are already saying they won't do the parts where they they won't let them film them cutting guys, right, which apparently past teams used to do. I didn't realize that, yeah, so I remember that it it has begun
3: already, yeah has anyone watched hard Knocks before Jared? have you watched hard Knocks? I've seen
0: parts of I watched a little okay. bit of the Lion season last season, mm, like the first yeah. episode I watched that one. yeah I think it's yeah, like yeah. it's not like the problem now though is every team has their own like YouTube series. Which is basically hard knocks. Yeah. So it's like, why do we need hard knocks anymore? Because yeah, then, yeah. because every team is also doing their own thing. Yeah, I probably
3: will watch it just because it's the Jets. But the Jets. <laughs> yeah, that's... <laughs> that's
1: okay. And last but not least, uh, in the weirdest news of the bunch, though apparently it's not actually that weird. Uh, Sam Hartman had a thoracic outlet syndrome and he had surgery to get his rib removed, out of which he made himself a necklace. But I looked this up and apparently it's very common for people who have thoracic outlet syndrome to Mm -hmm. use to make like some sort of memorabilia out of the Mm -hmm. thing.
2: Interesting. Interesting. Yeah. I had no idea.
3: Yeah. But does he like wear it during games? Like what is the, I don't need to look up what this looks like. Yeah. Are there photos of it? Yeah. That's what I'm, that's what I'm looking for. Um, It seems like, like Notre Dame seemed like they were, were Notre Dame football was on like a media tour of sorts. Like Marcus Freeman threw out the first pitch at a Mets game, and I saw a picture of a bunch of Notre Dame guys, like Estime and Hartman, mm. um, at the Mets game, just I don't know, chilling. Oh. I don't know, like what? Yeah, <laughs> it's, it seems like a very random thing to happen, but anyway,
0: that is random. Hitting the recruiting trail. Yeah, exactly. <laughs> recruiting Mets players. <laughs> okay, well that wraps
1: up our news we missed let's dive into our first full segment we're going to be talking about Saquon Barkley and the Giants Saquon and the Giants were trying to get an extension agreed on they failed to do so and now Saquon is apparently considering a holdout because he would have to be playing on the tag this season so why it's not here Aiden let's throw it to you instead how much do you think Daniel Jones and the Giants would actually miss Saquon if he does hold out
3: Yeah, I'm going to really take advantage of Wyatt not being here and just go in on his (laughs) team. Um, It's kind of a (laughs) cop-out answer, um, but I think the Giants will be bad next season regardless of whether Saquon holds out. Um, Last year really seems like a bit of a fluke. You know, they lost two of their last eight regular season games. They beat the Vikes in the playoffs, so, you know, they beat a a top eight QB, nothing to be too sad about, but then Mm -hmm. they obviously got blown out by the Eagles. So it, you know, that Eagles game was made it really clear how far short they are of seriously contending. You know, they ended up nine seven and one, right? Um, but I'm just, I'm pretty confident this year will be worse, and I think significantly so. Last year they had the fourth easiest schedule based on 2021 results. Um, other sources I looked at said that they had the easiest schedule ahead of the season. Um, so they got lucky and out of conference games and that won't happen this year they have the hardest schedule in the nfl (laughs) Uh, obviously they've got a rough conference schedule their division is good it hasn't really gotten worse um last year they only managed to win a game against you know um, within their conference or sorry within their division um so they had to rely on (laughs) non-division wins um and their schedule is less lenient this year they play The Niners, the Bills, the Dolphins, plus just a general lack of easy games. Like they have the Jets, the Seahawks, the Packers, Patriots, Saints. Like a bunch of teams that aren't necessarily like super tough, but not easy. Um, Their offseason wasn't bad. You know, Darren Waller's a solid addition, um, and their draft wasn't bad. But they're not going to look that much different from last year. I don't think they got like markedly better. So I think I think it's going to be a kind of rough season for them. And from the Saquon perspective. I don't know if he makes that much of a difference at this point. Like PFF had him graded as the 15th best running back last year. He was behind guys like Cam Akers and Joe Mixon. You know, he was good, but he's he's not as good as he was in his rookie year or his second year. Um, and it stands to reason that as a running back, he's just going to keep getting worse. So I don't think like the Eric Gray, the um, Oklahoma running back who they drafted, who was very productive at Oklahoma, I think he'll probably feeling fine you know it might not be Saquon but I don't think the difference is going to be huge um so my answer is essentially that yeah whether or not they have Saquon they're not going to be great um and without him they'll be a little bit worse but nothing that crazy
2: yeah I just think it's almost a negligible impact just because they have so few offensive weapons like you said Mm -hmm. Eric Ray could be good coming out Waller is a decent signing but I don't know, what wide receiver, there's just nothing you really want. I know guys like Darius Slayton was alright last year, Isaiah Hodgins, but I think that just like, especially the lack of wide receiver talent is really just gonna hamper them this year in a way that it mm-hmm. didn't last year because they could skate by on an, on an easier schedule, and I think that Daniel Jones is not a good enough quarterback to make those guys look good, and then without the third of Saquon beside him in the backfield, I think it just Makes things even worse. So I think with Saquon, like you said, it's a bad year. But just a total
0: lack of offensive
2: talent without Saquon, I think, does take them down at least a ste- another step or two. Like they'll lose another game or two because of that.
0: Yeah, I don't know. They could they could lose lose even more. It could be a tank. It could be a tank for Caleb Williams' year, maybe for Wyatt. I was just looking at StatMuse, like his games in games without Saquon Barkley, he's thrown more picks than he's thrown touchdowns. And then when he does have Saquon, his passer rating goes up fourteen points. Um, and in 44 touchdowns and 17 interceptions is actually like pretty decent for like a Daniel Jones kind of caliber quarterback. So I think like it is the mistake of the Giants, like why was kind of pounding the table on this too, to give Daniel Jones since a massive contract. I think Wyatt, if I remember correctly, was like just sign Tyrod Taylor or whatever, do your three win season and get like Caleb Williams or get like Drake May or something or um, yeah, Drake May or somebody like that. Mm-hmm. Um, and I think the Giants just kind of painted themselves in a, selves in a corner where they can't actually retain their best players. And even if it is like maybe you're only going to get two more good years out of Saquon, let's say, you might not get any now if Saquon is <laughs> intent on holding out. That being said, the last time that somebody really took a holdout to the limit, that I remember at least, was Le'Veon, a Be- uh, running back, like Le'Veon Bell, right? And mm-hmm. that didn't work out mm-hmm. for him at all. <laughs> I feel like he did, he did not get any better.
1: He got a solid contract out of it, though.
0: Yeah, he got that, yeah. but he, like, was a non... But his career nobody, time. like, ever heard, or talked about him after yeah. his holdout season. So, yeah, you're right, actually, Bart, that he did... He got what he wanted, I guess, but in terms of production. Yeah. Mm-hmm.
1: Yeah, when you're but when you're 20, like, Saquon's 26, to give up a prime year of your career in a position where mm-hmm. value goes down really quickly, right, it's mm-hmm. potentially a bad idea. <laughs> yeah.
2: It's kind of hard for me to believe that he's only 26. I feel like he's been around for so much longer. Really? That makes me feel really old that they're
0: like, he's an old running back and I'm 26. <laughs> oh, yeah. 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 This podcast currently is Your, 26, yeah. which is... Your shelf life, Jerry. You i know? The clock is ticking.
2: When, <laughs> none of us could ever be an NFL running back at this exactly. point. The yeah, ship has sailed no. on that one. <laughs> um.
1: I thought it was interesting how he—I don't remember what the quote was exactly—but he was like, "I'm not even gonna tell you what I'm asking for. I'm just telling the Giants that I'm the best running back in the league," and that's just so patently false. Like, even yeah, if you right? don't consider how injury-prone he is, it's just not true right now. So, like, I understand—you know—thinking highly of yourself. Every athlete in the NFL does, because how else did they get to the NFL? But like, at a certain point, apparently he was offered—I think it was 14 million a year—which would have made him the third highest-paid running back—and yeah. he turned it down. So it's. It, I feel like we've had this conversation before with Lamar, where it's kind of like, what even is he looking for exactly? Like, you have to be realistic and understand that running back contracts right now just are what yeah. they are, and you still would have probably been overpaid because I don't even think he's the third highest or third best running back in the league right now. Mm-hmm. Yeah. So mm-hmm. I don't know. It's a weird, weird thing going on with his expectations.
3: Yeah.
2: Who are number one and yeah. two payment wise?
3: Yeah. Oh, uh, uh, looks I like it. McCaffrey and Kamara. Yeah, so McCaffrey <laughs> yes. makes sense. Even Kamara kind of at Kamara least probably made sense the when too. the you know mm-hmm. deal at was the made. Time, yeah. Um
0: was Christian but, McCaffrey? But yeah,
3: he'd be higher oh. paid than Dalvin. Then Derrick Henry is next. Nick Chubb. Mm-hmm. Uh, yeah, agreed. That's he was offered that. That feels like a pretty good offer from the Giants. So uh. Uh, yeah, I don't. Uh, maybe the
1: holdup is with uh, regards to guarantees. Because running backs probably care more about that than the average position. Uh, yeah, you know, I don't know.
3: Eight-year yeah, <laughs> MLB project. <contract. laughs> I forgot that they took him number two overall. That's probably the last time yeah. that a running back will be taken that high, like ever, ever. Yeah, ever. I'm gonna. I'm you, gonna don't book that, that. Well. Okay. you don't think <laughs> the direction
0: of the league could change <laughs> back to running backs at some at some point?
3: That'd be funny. Mm, yeah. I don't know. I don't know. I don't know if I right. like I
0: can't see it. I agree. I can't see it happening right now, but back it's in the, if you told position. somebody like yeah. back in the 80s, you know, yeah. they probably wouldn't have seen what the NFL is now.
3: Yeah, yeah. In yeah. 10 years there will not be a running game in NFL games. Okay, that, like it won't exist. It'll time. be flag football. <laughs> yeah, <exactly. laughs> I was
1: I was reading it was probably somewhere on Reddit. Someone pointed out that the number of rushing attempts per team over the past 5 years has actually increased. It's hmm. just that uh, teams are distributing it around their running backs more. And so, like, workhorse mm. running backs are dwindling. But running game, in that sense, is actually not going anywhere, which is yeah it's no, counterintuitive. Anyway, I have to it's mark that ahead. Aiden has booked that there will never be a running back. That's <laughs> second <or> overall. That's <laughs> actually... <laughs> they call me, in like, 45 years. So yeah.
2: yeah. Like, yeah. Gonna, when we are 71 years old. Yeah. Exactly. <laughs> Saquon will, yeah, anyway. will also be 71. Saquon will also be 71.
0: Still holding If you move back to New York, Aiden, so you guys can look in God. the
2: same retirement home. Exactly. <laughs> uh,
1: well, speaking of retiring, uh, Nick DeVries is probably Oof. on his way to retiring as well. because oh God. God. <laughs> uh, Al- uh, What is it, Alpha T-Towry? Al- T-Towry? Yeah. Alpha Tauri? Alpha Tauri. Tauri slash Red Bull has cut ties with him. After just 10 races this season, Jared, you're the F1 expert. What do you think? Should he have gotten a little more leeway or was Red Bull justified in letting him go so quickly?
0: I guess is the F1 expert too. A co-expert on F1. But... <laughs> <laughs> I would, no, Jared was first. Jared was
2: first He gets it.
0: <laughs> yeah, that's true. Red Bull is justified because they never even wanted him in the first place. So if anything, it shows Red Bull have mismanaged their young driver program. Um, and don't seem to have confidence, essentially, in their farm system. Like the way F1 teams operate is more similar to how I understand at least European soccer clubs operate, where they kind of scout people when they're like mm-hmm. really young, when they're like doing go karts racing, and basically and basically sign them into a program to groom them to be to be able to drive for the F- top F1 team. So they drive in karts and other single seater series, eventually get up to F2. Which is kind of like A baseball, I guess you could say is like mm-hmm. another analogy. Um, it's always tough to like see someone lose their sh- their dream, basically, like at driving in Formula One. Like you're never going to root for that. But at the same time, like DeVries did get to live his dream at least for 10 races. Um, so there's that silver lining there. But he knew what he was getting into. Like he could have taken a really cushy seat at Williams, for example, where he did he did a substitute race for them last year and scored points and that's what got everybody super excited like oh this guy this guy could be really good but i mean yeah he knew what he signed up for red bull's super brutal he must have known that going in and like in terms of performance he wasn't like laughably off the pace like he wasn't seconds off or anything Mm -hmm. but he did get out qualified eight times out of 10 races and also sonoda his teammate finished ahead of him eight times out of 10 races I think that combined with the fact that he kind of crashed a lot too during practice sessions. I think he only DNF'd one time or did not finish a race once. Um, and that was Australia, which was kind of like a really wacky one. So, but anyway, he did do a lot of damage to the car. And F1 has a salary cap, a cost cap now, essentially. Not a salary cap, cost cap. Um, so the, all those damages mm-hmm. like do cost the team, like literally at this point, mm-hmm. where in the past they could just keep spending their way out of trouble, essentially. So I think, like, yes, Red Bull definitely is justified. But I think they do need to look back and say, what are we doing with our Young Driver program? And they have guys, the manager of their drivers is a guy named Helmut Marco, for those that don't know. Mm -hmm. And he is just a stream of consciousness. He will say anything that's on his mind. And he kind of blurted out, basically, that they weren't happy with DeVries and they were going to replace him. And I think because of that, it was also why he got... DeVries got booted at ten races instead of at the summer break, which is when drivers normally get dropped. Mm-hmm. When Red Bull at least does it, because Red Bull is the only team that does this, by the way, that like drops mm-hmm. a driver mid-season. Red Bull is the only team, and AlphaTauri. But I think they have to look back. Like the problem is, they can always point and be like, "But we got Max Verstappen, and that was our guy, and everything." And so you can always say, "Well, Helmut Marco's right, even though if you're gonna have to deal with like bad decisions, like DeVries or him making super." like dumb or comments that probably should be kept private in public interviews. I guess that's like kind of the trade-off because you can say, but we have Max Verstappen who's the best driver in, in the game right now. Um, I, I don't know if long-term, ter- well, long long-term we'll have to see if it'll bite them. I don't think it will just because you only need one good driver. There's only two spots like in formula one. There's only two spots on your team. It's not like an NFL team where you need to have 22 guys plus like the kicker and all that stuff. You only need literally one guy. And then arguably the technical team is actually more important than their driver, to be honest. Um, like even Sergio Perez, who's Max Verstappen's teammate, who's been driving pretty awfully, is still second in the standings just because their car is so good. So arguably you want a better a really good technical guy. So at the end of the day, I don't think this will hurt Red Bull or anything. Like they probably should re examine how they're handling their young drivers and the confidence they have in them. But yeah, you only need one good driver. You only need one Max Verstappen or one Lewis Hamilton. And that'll cure everything, because that's not really yeah. all that people care about. That's my thoughts on it. Yeah, well, I think
2: it mentioning is worth mentioning the other side of this and why they made the move too, and that they're having Daniel Ricciardo replace him as the driver. And I forget which podcast F1 podcast I was listening to. I think it might have been Unlapped, which is ESPN's F1 podcast. They mentioned this that the pure marketing money alone they're going to get from having Daniel Ricciardo as opposed to Nick De Vries is. Huge for them, and if they're not really competing with DeVries, there's a reason to bring in somebody like Ricardo who they can plaster on everything. Who's arguably one of the top three or four most popular drivers in F1, who has gotten all the fame too from Drive to Survive from new fans. Like for them, in addition to the you know DeVries's underperformance, I think the fact that they could get Daniel Ricardo and that he was finally willing to take this seat when it seemed like maybe earlier he wasn't because he was in the same seat on the Red Bull Junior team, which was called Toro Rosso back then um like 10 years ago so it's like a weird sort of step back for him to go sort of back into their minor team but the fact that they could get him and that he could sort of slide into that spot and i don't know if somebody's not going to score points which maybe he won't maybe he will in this car it might as well be somebody who's pretty marketable because next year they're losing the alpha tori label i think and becoming even more closely entwined with red bull so if you can sort of go into that with more money and a more marketable team i feel like that's probably a good move because you know why not make some more money have a little more flexibility off of it it's a yeah. business too to some extent
3: and it sounds like they're considering ricardo for sergio c too right yeah so i mean it makes sense as kind of a tryout like if they can do it like, I feel like I saw uh, a quote somewhere, and who knows what's hearsay or whatnot, is that, like, DeVries was fired, like, right after or during Daniel Ricciardo's, like, test run um, yeah. at Silverstone. That was very, very fast, and I quote. <laughs> um, <laughs> <laughs> yeah, so, no, like, that... I mean, whether or not that's true, it it does make sense. Red Bull can afford to be impatient, as you were kind of alluding to, Jared. Yeah. Mm-hmm.
0: Yeah, that di- in terms of timeline of events that did happen, um, yeah. but I'm sure they made that decision much earlier. There's yeah, no way yeah. that <laughs> they would have been like Greatest that tire so test, get debris out of car. here. That, I mean, <laughs> that'd be crazy if they did. He but. was so fast on that one. Thing, you know, <laughs> know, yeah, <laughs> yeah, um, yeah. I, I, you're right though, Aiden. They're definitely considering if Daniel Ricardo should take that Red Bull, the the Red Bull seat, like the parent team, essentially the real team, um, which. I don't think they need to mess with that to be honest. I think they want mm-hmm. Max Verstappen to just be the first and just have Sergio Perez who's like very comfortably like put in his yes, pa- place yeah. the second person. Like and they have right now they have such a big advantage that I think Max literally by himself is would if he was just a team by himself would mm-hmm. still be first in the construct in the team standings. So like they don't need they don't need a second driver right now yeah. <laughs> doing anything that much. Mm-hmm. Sure they might need one in like 2025 if the other teams catch up but like again that's another thing where they don't need to be they don't need to be in a hurry in that aspect on the second seat yep. so i think it's interesting
3: yep.
2: and helmet marco hasn't made the comments that he made about devries about uh sergio perez either like i think that for the most part that's true He sort of and because he does as you mentioned jared sort of run his mouth the fact that there hasn't been rumors and whisperings and all that of Perez being in serious danger to lose his seat like I think that that is in some way indicative of mm-hmm. they're comfortable with the setup as is because it means Max probably isn't truly challenged but he's good enough Perez is that you know he can comfortably help them win the constructors still too like mm-hmm. he'll win a few races a year he can be a good teammate when he needs to be we saw that in 2021 right the last mm-hmm. race of the season Um, so i think they're comfortable with where it is now and unless somebody makes a dramatic gain over the next couple of years uh, which probably won't happen until there's the next regulation change in 2026 i think is the next regulation change um then you know why risk somebody competing with max like they want max to win yeah it's-
0: Yeah, and Max has proven that he's, like, I I would say he's proven that he's a driver that needs his ego fed and checked. Because anytime Checo does literally anything, not even a threat to the championship, his dad goes on the website and posts something. Or they start, they, like, do that whole thing in Brazil last year when Max wouldn't give Checo a place. That meant nothing. It was, like, a sixth place or something like that. He wouldn't let Checo pass him. Like, Max has proven that he he needs if they want to keep max happy basically they need somebody that's not going to challenge him in that second seat because even if it's a inconsequential challenge he just will not give it up (laughs) so it's interesting
3: yeah so is helmet marco saying stuff about devries before the firing like publicly
0: yeah he was mm -hmm. he was saying like uh he was saying stuff like yeah devries is disappointed christian horner who's like the team principal like kind of the manager i guess he said like Christian Horner told me not to sign him before the season. Which like you should never be saying <laughs> publicly. Like what what are you talking about? You know?
2: Mm-hmm. Yeah,
0: I've seen a bunch yeah. of tweets that are like they must have like microphones just set up all in Helmet Marco's house or something. How are they <laughs> he's getting all these fucking like, bugged. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> oh uh, man.
3: Yeah. yeah. I thought it was interesting, or the the other thing I was reading about DeVries is that he's kinda older than a lot of first time F1 drivers, right? So he's not like yeah. really like a prospect or like, if you think of it in, like, I don't know, an, an NFL or, an, like, a, an NFL QB, like, a first-round quarterback or someone who's expected yeah. to be, like, you know, like, a, a a project or someone who has a lot of potential, they'll get more time than someone who's, like, it sounded like DeVries had been through, like, Formula E and Formula 3 and had, like, kind of done it all. Uh, and so mm-hmm. the fact that he didn't take off, like, they were going to have, he was going to have a shorter leash than someone who was viewed as, you know, a a project, I guess, to some extent, so... It all kind of makes sense.
2: He's 28, I think. Which yeah, yeah. Comparatively, yeah. as like a,
3: a rookie, older than
0: Saquon. So yeah, exactly. <laughs> Our measure and older right than now. us. Yeah. So. So.
3: Yeah. So I just thought it was, or I was surprised that this was such a big controversy. I'm not as familiar with the F1 world, so I'm not as familiar with the norms there. But it feels like in a lot of other sports, this would be kind of normal. Um, you know, maybe not them yeah. being like fired. But definitely them being benched, which there's not really an option in F1 to like. That's true. Bench someone, right?
0: Like, mm-hmm. you know. that's a good point, Aiden. Yeah.
1: I would like to investigate. I mean, there's not really any way to answer this question. How he, he he didn't just go through F2 and FE, right? He he won the championship in both of those. So I I think it's fascinating how a guy who can be that good in the lower levels mm-hmm. can manage to not score a single point in ten races this season uh it's just we. i feel personally like red bull should have given more time because it seems to yeah. me like he needed a little bit more time to just get into the f1 flow of things but i completely understand what you're saying about how red bull doesn't need to care so why would they? i just think mm-hmm. it's weird like he went from being really good and i thought like my impression was kind of like a he was like a highly hyped guy coming into f1 mm-hmm. and he was just trash it's just it's strange yeah. to me
0: yeah he yeah. also was driving like the worst car on the grid so that doesn't help yeah um he and he but he still like did get outperformed by his teammate and i think bart you're right or aiden too you mentioned this if he was younger he would have gotten more time but yeah the fact that he's Mm -hmm. old
3: you're right though bart yeah i think like yuki has like two points right or something like (laughs) yeah mm -hmm. it's not like he's you know (laughs) blowing him out of the water or anything like that so
1: I saw people in some thread somewhere saying like, "Oh, Yuki's like really showing him up." And then I looked up the standings, and it was like, "No, he hasn't." <laughs> yeah, what, is, Craig, what Anyway, what is this? I think to...
0: if in, in F one terms, like your only, your really only true benchmark is your teammate because everybody else is driving mm-hmm. unequal machinery and everything. He kind of did. I think he kind of did wipe the floor with him actually. If from like an F one okay. lens, but I, when you look at the points, it's like, what? He has two points. Yeah, it's not that much, but. <laughs> I would say in an F1 lens, he kind of did wipe the floor with him. <laughs> okay. Um, you know the
3: um like isn't there a subreddit that's like Formula like 1.5 or something like that? Like Formula like it's no. it just scores points like below I don't know Red Bull Mercedes like the whoever the, oh, really? the big teams are and so it will give points like if you finished in I don't know 15th or something but mm-hmm. you know discounted all the all the favorite teams. I've I've uh, I found that to be a good. uh um, I don't look at it often, but a good measure of, like, who's good within the, uh, you know, the second half. Because it's really hard to tell, I feel like, if someone's, for mm-hmm. someone who doesn't score points often, it is hard to how tell. do you know if, like, what the two points means? Like, maybe they were in 12th every time or 11th, you know, like, or maybe mm-hmm. they were in 18th.
0: Like, it's hard to tell. It is hard to tell. Mm-hmm. Yeah, if if um if Red Bull was not in this season, this would be such a good season right now. Because there's just so much, <laughs> so much going on behind them, but yeah, I, just, I feel like I feel like. I mean,
2: I, I'm in year four of watching F1 at this point. I feel like every season has been like, well, this would be such a good, except for the Lewis Max season in mm-hmm. 2021. Yeah. So it would have been. Well, this would have been such a good season if the first place team yeah. didn't exist. Like I feel like there's in my experience been like a decent amount of parody after first place in most of the seasons, but first place has been Mercedes 2020. Then there was actually Parody in 2021. But then Red Bull, Red Bull in 22 and 23.
3: Mm -hmm. Because Mercedes won for how many years before that, right? It was like like 14
2: through 20. I think it's 2014.
3: Yeah. I think like 7. The first place Parody. Yeah, there was one change every year. (laughs) (laughs) Yeah.
2: I guess Mercedes actually did win the Constructors in 2021 too. The driver. you know, Max won the drivers. Mercedes won the the overall.
1: Uh, Okay, well, just quickly before we move on, uh, does anybody have any thoughts? Are there any comparisons to this in other sports in terms of teams ruthlessly cutting or trading guys who may or may not have deserved it? Anything come to
2: mind? No, I thought really hard about this. I feel like the only... I don't know why this popped my mind, but in, in Notre Dame football, when Brandon Wimbush was benched for Ian Book, even though Wimbush was... How many games in was that again? It's like halfway-ish through the season. Mm. I don't remember exactly. Mm. 2017 maybe? Yeah, 2017 I think.
1: Mm-hmm. Yeah, I I couldn't think of anything, but Google could think of some. Yeah. <laughs> I well, so I think the the most clear cut one to me is is the um, Browns trading Trent Richardson because oh yeah they they traded him two games into his second season. And he went number three overall (laughs) that to me is like a crazy like wow we really think you're trash and we're going to get rid of an investment that is like the third most valuable investment in the draft that to me is ruthless but i couldn't think of any other like really good ones like that what was trent richardson traded for um for a first round pick so okay oh that's okay well that's not
2: terrible actually i mean i'm guessing it wasn't the number three pick but that's like not yeah. A terrible return.
3: Yeah. Whatever headline I'm seeing says at the time the Browns were accused of tanking. Interesting.
0: Um, so. Yeah. I think um, what was what one one like for a coach that I can remember was La- Lane Kiffin I guess was fired from USC like on a tarmac or something like like while he was like <laughs> oh, yeah. Yeah. disembarking a plane or something that was like a while ago so I don't remember that much yeah, I wasn't really watching.
1: The classic like cliche is like they tell you don't even get on the plane with the team, right yeah. really good. there are probably mm-hmm. real examples that that is predicated on.
0: <laughs> yeah, but it's probably uh, happened more often with coaches though than players that I can think of. yeah yeah mm-hmm. agree yeah,
2: I agree with that
3: And I feel like with coaches there's I don't always view it as ruthless because I don't know why, but I don't have that much sympathy for coaches. I have a lot more sympathy <laughs> for players than for coaches. yeah, that's fair I, don't know. I think that's yeah. fair.
0: I can see that too. Aiden's friggin' just cold and ruthless. Shoot. Exactly. Mm. I'm like, yeah, okay. <laughs> Do
3: it on the tarmac. Yeah, I'll, I'll deliver the news. <laughs> um,
1: okay. Well, that'll wrap up that discussion. Let's move on. Last thing, some soccer talk for you. Two big events coming up this week. Firstly, the women's world cup is starting on Thursday. U S women are the favorites to win. Uh, as of my last time checking. And one day after that, Leo Messi debuts for Inter Miami. So, Lucas, you're our biggest soccer stan. What do you think about soccer in the United States? Just how mainstream can it get here, and how much do you see the World Cup and Messi being here helping?
2: So, I want to, I guess, first by start out to saying that I do think there is a ceiling for soccer in terms of per- popularity just because in comparison to the other major leagues, it has kind of a late start. Like the t- largest men's and women's league, the MLS for the men and the NWSL uh, for the women, Uh, The MLS started in 1986. The NWSL started in 2012, whereas most of the other large leagues are older than them, some, like Major League Baseball being, like, 100 years older. So I just think in terms of, like, acquisition on both the men's and women's side, it's just so far behind the other sports that there's a ceiling it can have because there's just so much catching up to do. That being said, I think I could see the ceiling for it being, like, the fourth most popular sport, passing hockey. So if you look at last year, the NHL averaged about 300,000, maybe 400,000 viewers per game. The MLS about 200,000. The NHL's is actually declining a little bit year to year, but some people say it's because with the new ESPN, TNT deal, they're just airing more games. So, But the stats do indicate a decline over the last year. So there is sort of a converging of where the MLS growing a little bit, NHL declining. So... I think there's a shot for that, um, especially when other leagues um, around the world, their viewership in the U.S. is increasing with Premier League, La Liga, especially the big European leagues. Um, So I think both these events can be significant contributors to the growth of soccer in the U.S. Messi is the most popular athlete in the world, to start with him. Um, More people will watch the MLS because he's here. There's no doubt about that. Inter-Miami, I think, had like millions of new Twitter followers Mm -hmm. just the day after it was announced that Messi signed there. So there's going to be more eyes on the MLS. And will you retain all those fans in the MLS once Messi leaves? Probably not. There are a lot of people who I'm sure will just watch for Messi because he's the greatest player of all time. But let's say you even keep 5 to 10% of those people. That's a lot of new soccer fans mm-hmm. um, in the U.S. It contributes to some sort of sustained growth, and then sort of contributes more and more to the exponential growth. I think the same can be said of the U.S. Women's National Team and the World Cup. Um, they are a bona fide dynasty in the making. If they win this World Cup, they'll be the first uh, either men's or women's team to 3 in a World Cup. It's never happened. Um, Brazil went back-to-back, I think, in 58 and 62. And that's the closest that anybody's ever gotten to three-peating. I don't even think anybody's ever... Re- no, and then Italy repeated it in 34 and 38. But those are the closest anybody's ever gotten to three-peating. So, this one would be the first to ever three-peat, which would be awesome. And I feel like a dynasty is always fun to watch, especially if your team is the one engaged in it. So I think that'll probably spurn some soccer growth here as well. You look at the last uh, World Cup final that the U.S. women were in. It was watched by about 17 million people, um, which is fairly large viewership. I'm sure it'll grow this time as the importance of soccer continues to grow in the U.S. And it's the same thing with Messi in that, like, are you going to retain all those new people who watch? No. But again, if you get 5 to 10% of them, that's still some sort of sustained growth. And then maybe they share it with a few friends and it continues to grow and grow and grow. So I think these two events are pretty big for the growth of soccer in the U.S. Do I think that they'll catapult it to being, like, the most popular league? No. No. But or the most popular sport? No, but I think it being you know somewhere in behind basketball, football, um, and baseball makes some sense in terms of how it sort of um level of popularity is in the U.S. One
1: stat I saw is I, I, I couldn't find if this was verified or not, but apparently the mm-hmm. Inter Miami debut
2: from Messi yes. had
1: okay. three and a half billion viewers. Did you? I see don't this? believe that. Wait, uh, yeah, it? I
2: saw that too. That's what David Beckham said. Yeah, I don't okay. believe that's true. So That'd be more people than watch the World Cup final. That's not true. Yeah, the source is that, right. yeah <laughs> on that one. So,
3: but yeah.
2: what's well, kind of funny yeah, I just don't. Uh, okay, oh, go, go ahead. I was going to say just the number of people that watched the men's world cup final was 1.5 billion. There is no way yeah. more than double pe- double the number of people watched <laughs> yeah. Messi's like player reveal for Inter Miami. Like if they had said 3.5 million, I would have been like, okay, maybe even underestimating a, li- a little bit, but 3.5 billion does not seem real. That's like half of all people on earth.
1: yeah i know but i saw this number in multiple places which is why i was it just you know how it happens one person makes up a number and then it's yeah anyways (laughs) the point is a lot of people probably did watch it though but (laughs) what were you saying jared
0: speaking of viewership though this is a huge miss by the mls they're not even his debut is on like apple tv or some some random crap like you have to pay 50 bucks to get that package or whatever 50 bucks a year or something Uh uh-huh that's that's a huge miss by the MLS. How is this game not on ESPN or on a network? Or How? Willow
3: TV. I, you know. Or
0: Willow TV even. Yeah. Come on. Like because I was like, wild. dang. Actually, I I wanted to watch the debut, but I'm not gonna shell yeah, out 50 bucks for an Apple TV no. pass, MLS pass or whatever. Now hopefully they will do like a bigger promotion for some other game that they can put on ESPN yeah. or like on Fox or whatever. But. Or ABC, yeah. so whatever, Fox has, but they need Fox
2: to. has the rights, and I saw... I was watching something okay. on Fox. I was watching the, the CONCACAF um, Gold mm, Cup Final, which yeah. is like North America, Central America, not or Caribbean. US, yeah. Not the <laughs> U.S. <they're> <laughs> uh, but I was watching the final of that, and they were like, oh, Messi's first game on Fox Sports. And it's in September. So it's like going to be two months before I think he plays on any network television. Because I think Fox has the rights to all of MLS. It's not on Apple TV. Mm. So...
0: Yeah, see the MLS needs to figure that out if they if they if they want people <laughs> yeah. to watch. I don't know. Yeah. I
3: don't know, I find this whole Inter Miami thing funny cuz I was looking a bit into Inter Miami the team, and obviously it doesn't matter where they were previously cuz they gained, you know, as you were saying, Lucas, I think like got you know, millions and millions of followers whatnot. Last year, or they have the worst record in the MLS right now. Um, <laughs> they of all the teams in the MLS, which I think there's like 28 at this point, or it's it's kind of a lot um they have the lowest average attendance like this year so far they have 12,000 fans per game like Atlanta mm-hmm. United for a comparison has 47,000 like almost kind of approaching yeah, wow. football levels like some MLS teams really draw people and Inter Miami mm-hmm. is not popular at all mm-hmm. so i think it's funny that this was what drew Messi i guess like Miami's always a sexy location right like we we know that from you know pretty much every other sport um, but it's, it's interesting. And it doesn't even feel like a soccer town, right? Like Miami is like very, um, like it's over half Cuban, I think when I was looking this up and like baseball is a Cuban sport, not that like Miami is, you know, not that the Marlins draw a ton of people, uh, <laughs> but it doesn't really seem like soccer is necessarily like the sport there. It probably will become it now. Um, but it just, besides it being miami and having that kind of allure of the city itself it's kind of an interesting choice i guess the team doesn't really matter at at that point if messi is bringing friends you know
0: yeah (laughs) i mean he was never messi was never gonna sign with cleveland's team or whatever no matter how good they are (laughs) do they have a team i don't know he wasn't gonna sign with a midwest team though that's for sure he was going to the coast i just would have expected like la you know yeah i like the galaxy or something Mm. because i feel like
3: those teams are Pretty good, right? And I feel like they have pretty serious followings, though. I I don't know how they're doing this year, at least.
1: (laughs) So I'm trying. Does anybody know offhand if MLS has a a salary cap?
0: Oh, I don't know.
1: I I feel like, as with so many questions, the answer is they probably Mm -hmm. offered him more money than any other MLS team.
0: (laughs) Yeah, and like he he got some like deal. He got some like I think he gets revenue from Apple TV or something like that, and like Adidas, something crazy like that too
3: so yeah so i think there there probably is a salary cap and they use that to like <laughs> kind of make it worth his while yeah i saw that um the mls is i don't know when they're voting on it but the whatever board governs the mls was going to vote on whether they'd accept like sovereign wealth fund money so like mm-hmm. oh. you know, like live golf kind of kind of stuff that would, that's that'd be one way to get a lot of big yeah. players into <laughs> into the MLS funny yeah, we'll, we'll see yeah.
1: when Ronaldo moves over from Saudi Arabia to MLS and yeah. then he and Messi <laughs> can play together when they're both 45 exactly yeah I'm yeah, seeing numbers it.
0: right now that yeah. the the max salary budget charge for a single player is 612,000 that can't be right is that I've, seen, I've
3: seen this in two is that spots? per week maybe I feel like soccer salaries oh, are sometimes is it per week or something
0: I think it's sometimes they are per week it says yeah, the maximum the a non-designated MLS yeah. player can earn in a single season is six hundred twelve thousand. I've seen that number. A couple that's times.
2: non-designated. There, there's some designated mean? players. Which I don't know. I, I don't really know because I don't follow MLS super closely. But it's you can basically designate like one or two players on your team to pay way more than that. <laughs> like,
0: <laughs> I okay. Know. Yeah. I think I, just I don't know, know how. It works. Three, it looks like three designated <laughs> players. Yeah. Yeah. But so you can all just all be like different. the salary. But the salary still, cap does that's... not apply. That's kind of yeah. that's as far as American sports standards go, that's very low. Oh. Yeah,
1: okay. They're going to be paying in between 50 and 60 million a year apparently.
2: Yeah, I think yeah. all the teams are coming together to pay his salary. <laughs> that's all the teams? <laughs> yeah. That's crazy. That's actually unheard of, I think,
1: in a major sports league in the US. What?
3: Yeah. Yeah. Going back to the um ceiling thing that you're talking about lucas i think you're right that there's a ceiling i think though that soccer could crack top three at some point i don't know who is falling out you know baseball is mm-hmm. maybe the most likely yeah um, i don't know football if the head injury stuff gets too crazy in like 40 years or something yeah. um but i'm gonna make another demographic sweeping generalization argument <laughs> um like i did with miami being into baseball um like soccer is obviously very popular in latin america it's like the the latin american sport um the u.s is has a growing hispanic population we're at like i think it's a fifth right now by 2050 it's expected to be like over a quarter of the u.s population is hispanic and so i feel like that can contribute to the popularity of soccer within the u.s right and can make it grow as a sport to potential i don't know if top three um is possible but i i feel like it's i feel like it could happen um Cause it seems like the MLS has been growing every year. So
0: mm-hmm. I don't know. I could, it could it. potentially be like, mm-hmm. if it's kind of becomes also like a TikTok sport or whatever, where there's like, mm-hmm. it kind of like gets the younger generations and then they like tell their kids, like we're going to watch soccer on the weekend or whatever you want. <laughs> but we also need to be able to watch soccer though. We can't be paying for Apple TV to watch soccer. We, we also yeah, need to be exactly. able to watch it on like mm-hmm. places where we already watch, but I don't know. Yeah, <laughs> I think I think it could crack top three, top three as well, Aiden. I think a distant third from NBA and NFL, but I think it could crack top three.
3: Depends what the measure is, right? Because I feel like NBA sometimes is like super popular in certain metrics, and like that's, in terms yeah. of like actual viewership, right, is not always that crazy. Mm-hmm. So yeah, that's we'll, true. We'll see. But
1: yeah. Aiden where I'm I... To... Oh, <laughs> where I thought you were go going on. with the demographic comment was to the youth. <laughs> Because th- those were the stats I looked up. Mm-hmm. That, uh, in ages six to twelve, soccer was the highest growing sport uh, a couple of years ago, like by far, uh, mm-hmm. and it's now only behind basketball and football, I think. So mm-hmm. it seems like if you follow that trend, I don't see why it would stop growing yeah. in like the high school and college mm-hmm. ages if it's the highest growing in the, amongst the you know youngsters. So I think that's very telling yeah. as well, and on top of what you're saying about. Hispanic population in the United States It seems like those two might go together Really tightly in, in like a couple decades
0: I've been saying yeah, that about it, lacrosse too yeah. I feel like though And that hasn't taken off <laughs> yeah. so we is, there, is there a
2: major league lacrosse league? I don't know There
3: is, the MLL Yeah. Oh. <laughs>
0: oh, dang.
3: DIL, the MLL it, was, it was a big North deal North uh, On Long Island yeah, this is People very were North going East. to MLL games mm-hmm. frequently I found it. Real people don't go to MLL games, it's <laughs> terrible to say <laughs> anyway.
2: Yeah, it's oh the New York Lizards. That's a fun yeah,
3: team. Yeah, yeah, I remember people with like gear for that team. um But oh,
2: there's know. a there's a Philadelphia team, the Philadelphia Barrage. There,
3: there you go, Lucas. I know what you're doing this weekend. I don't know <laughs> yeah. when lacrosse season is. No, I have no idea. <laughs> yeah, people do always say that about lacrosse, and lacrosse has not shown any signs of. I don't know. I feel like lacrosse is probably a fun sport to play. I don't know. It just, it's not hard. that fun to watch.
2: But, yeah. yeah. Oh. I lied. Major League Lacrosse uh, merged with Premier League Lacrosse, which oh, is the shit. current league now. Things have changed. So, <laughs> things have changed.
3: Yeah, I saw, Um, I feel like a stat recently around um, football's popularity that was, mm-hmm. and I, I should have known this, but it's very old football's, you know, like, kind of demographic is older people. Mm-hmm um mm. the youth aren't as into it it's still like obviously super popular but i feel like give you give things 30 40 years like i literally have no idea i feel like football has kind of because fewer kids i feel like are playing football i don't know there's been a lot of there's a lot of bad mm-hmm. press around it um, mm, for sure so and i feel like when that happens people turn to soccer so
0: that's true mm. let's see
1: mm. yeah because soccer was soccer was the fall uh, other fall sport. Yeah. For us mm-hmm. at least. Mm-hmm. Yeah. yeah.
2: Yeah. Same here.
1: Which
3: was I found spring, out is not spring true. In everywhere. Washington. Yeah, it's yeah. Spring okay. In Washington, yeah, yeah, actually, yeah exactly. But... Yeah, yeah. Yeah. I think in Texas it was similar that it was spring. But I always viewed it as like, yeah, the the dueling fall sports. <laughs> but anyway, thank you for listening. Um as always, please if you if you like what you heard, follow us on Instagram, Twitter, TikTok, Threads. We were the uh the third um tag on, on threads right of <laughs> the third user now um, we were we were an early adopter of threads we'll see if that gets us anywhere uh but lunch guys underscore um please follow like subscribe tell us what you thought um and see you next week